You ever worn a sauna hat? Do you know what a sauna hat is? No, let's just start though. Oh, we are? Yeah, we're started. We're, we've been going for 30 seconds. Amazing. I fucked that up. <laughs> I don't know what a sauna hat is. What's a sauna hat? They, I was back in New York, as you know, Reed, as we met up a few days ago. <laughs> one of the places that I went to. Uh... And one of my favorite New York institutions is the Russian-Turkish baths in the uh, East Village. Have you been? I mean, I know where they are. I'm not a big bathhouse uh, guy. Oh, big sauna person. And it is the hottest sauna in North America at like 210 degrees is I think what they keep it at. Is that like a claim to fame? Is that something you're shooting for if you're a bathhouse? Are you like, like, is there someone that's like, is there someone that has like 211 degrees on the wall as a goal? Maybe, but like most of the ones, like if you go to like a standard gym, they keep it at like 170, which is nothing. You have to stay in there for like half an hour to even like start sweating a little bit. It's terrible. Are you sure? Because I feel like I sweat at a far lower temperature than 170 degrees. Well, they keep it really dry, but like oh, it's a dry when heat. I go, I want it to feel like, oh, I'm about to die. My brain is about to melt. Like this is the, the experience no. I'm searching for. Okay. No. Now that I know your your baseline, so this is so the they they hit that baseline at the Russian Turkish baths. That they do, that they do. And one of the things that I noticed there that I'd seen before when I lived in New York was people wearing sauna hats, which, like, it's like the 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 end of a banana, but it's made out of felted wool, and you keep it on your head while you're in the sauna. And I was always just sort of like completely flummoxed by these things. I didn't understand like what they were or why people were wearing them. I was like, is this like a fashion thing? It's like some Mennonite shit. Yes. Yeah. You're looking up the pictures now. Yeah. Or like Midsummer, one of the two. Mm. Or Smurf core. Smurf core. Yo, Gargamel core. <laughs> yo, absolutely. If you're thinking about that, because everyone's in there like wearing shorts and like no shirt. Like it is very Smurfy. <laughs> I mean, but, shorts and no shirt is fairly common. I feel like the Winnie the Pooh situation is a little bit more rare. Mm -hmm. The pants, <laughs> but you add in the hat. Yeah, I guess you're right. You're right. You're right. That's, uh, the the sauna hat is a thing that like you wear. It's like the inverse of a normal garment, where like it's to keep your head. It's wool to keep your head cool from the sauna, so it keeps the sauna heat from like affecting your brain too much, so you can stay in there longer. I just think this is unnecessary. <laughs> So you don't scramble your brains? Yes. It's like a mind-blowing thing for me to like see this because you see all the old dudes. Like it's none of the young dudes that have them on or like young people. Like it's the old like men and women that have these like super big hats on and they can stay in there for like twice as long as I can. And I figure it's just like, oh, they're older. They're more uh, mature. They've like, uh, like toughened their bodies up to deal with it. But no, it's apparently the hat. <laughs> So <laughs> their brains have keeping, already gone soft. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> instead of keeping the, the heat in on your head, it's keeping the heat out from your head is the purpose of this hat. Have you ever had a conversation with them? Are they just like babbling or they, <laughs> I mean, there are those guys that compete in this shit. I don't think they wear the hats though. I think the hats are performance enhancing. Probably. One of the guys that was wearing one, he had this like big like tub of salt in grapeseed oil that he was like going like, take some, take some, rub it on your skin. Like this is salt and grapeseed wow. oil. It's great. It exfoliates. And I was like, I'm good. And he was like, sure. You sure you don't want some? Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Thank you. Wow. He put a curse on you for. Did you offer him anything in return product. or did you, did you have poor etiquette on this one? I, 
I had nothing to offer him. I was just like, no, I don't, I don't need any salt and grapeseed oil. Um, Give him a slippery handshake. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just this tub that everyone was like digging their hands into and then like rubbing all over their bodies. And like, you know, I'm here in a sauna. So like I have some of my COVID precaution has like dialed down obviously but i'm not at the point of just like going into a tub and like rubbing it on my body with a bunch of other people like going completely primordial you're i mean you entered like a venue in which the air is like chewable i don't really know why you drew a line but i mean i I guess homemade grapeseed oil and salt like i'm assuming this is homemade this isn't standard issue like this was was from trader joe's but i did not there were no labels seemed like it's a home blend (laughs) this seems like it's like i don't know yeah, but he had a great hat. It looked like a Viking hat. Um, this was a like sauna a Viking hat. helmet, but it was a sauna hat. Like it had, yeah, it had the the horns. Okay, were the horns felt also, or the horns horns? The horns were felt. It was all felt. It was a it was a safety sauna hat. So he had like a two pronged sauna hat. Yes. Wow. I wonder if there's like a big sauna hat market. Like I wonder because there's. Like where those are, there's a store for fucking everything. And you're like, it's been open for 42 years and it's, it's unbelievable. I'm like, how have you been in the business of selling? Like, just like the things that you put on tops of pens. Um, but so I imagine there's like a sauna hat outlet somewhere around there. Mm, Yeah. They sold them at the place. Oh, okay. So you can just buy them on site. They've, but no one had any of the, like the branded ones from the place. I was like, where, yeah, you have to go to sauna hat depot.com or something like that. No, there's no way there's a .com. It's a man named (laughs) Ivan. He's just, he's just hanging out up front. And (laughs) it would be really cool to have a branded, a branded sauna hat. Like, I don't know. A capital Yeah, And you can put patches on it from all the saunas you've visited all over the world. It's like the new Chateau Marmont hotel slippers is like the branded sauna hat. (laughs) <laughs> i wonder if that would work in the summer in la you had to wear like a little wool cap <laughs> keep to keep me, your head cool keep, me, keep my head cool maybe that's why the that's why the guys still wear their rolled up beanies in the summer here in la <laughs> to keep the heat out I and mean, that's why it has like yeah. that big like dome at the top to keep that cool air like trapped next to your head wow doesn't the wow, heat okay. escaping your head heat that i'm just so confused about the physics of these things i think people just like looking like like they're gonna cast a spell it's trying to make your head a thermos is the the concept of it so like the cool air is trapped and like sticks next to your head so your brain doesn't scramble while you're in like the 210 degree room i mean i guess if it's that hot you won't be releasing heat through your head i mean I'm, i don't know how the body works at all so you know reed i would argue i would argue that this hat does makes you look not like someone who casts a spell, but like someone who gathers like the newts and eyeballs for the person who casts the spell. I think that's a good edit. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. If someone getting a spell cast upon them, maybe would be wearing this hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of like Link's Awakening vibes. <laughs> You're not Link. Don't get anything confused. Like you just exist in that realm. Um no main character syndrome for someone in a sauna hat. <laughs> no, also the guy from Masters of the Universe, like the little dude that you can't see the face of. <laughs> oh yeah, there. Th- this is like like a, someone offering you a side a side quest. <laughs> Where's this hat? <laughs> I yeah. highly recommend you take it if should you have the means. <laughs> that was the grapeseed oil. That was a quest, David, that you just turned down. Uh, Reed, it's still there for you. 
I'm sure he's still there. Not a bath per I just I there's the bathhouse right by me, like little five blocks away from me. There's one. Yeah. Well, next time we're going. All right, welcome back to Blowout. It's me, David, here as always with Albert and Reed. How are we doing, folks? Doing all right? Doing good. Head staying cool. Head, Head staying, staying warm. Cool. I don't know. What are we trying to get it to stay? It's comfortable. An optimal temperature. I'd it's say, good. you know, somewhere between 68 and 72 degrees. Oh, I run hotter than that. You run hotter than that. I mean, it's hotter than that in my apartment right now, but that's the that's the ideal. That's that's where we're we're hoping to be. David not using his AC again. No, my my apartment is sixty six in the winter, and uh-huh. it's eighty three in the the summer. Oh. David, going to David's place is just like it's a, it's a it's a trial of will. You it's, need to earn, you you need know, to earn it. If, if I could crank it to 210, I would, but I can't. Oh, I mean, is that where you go? You get all your heat in at the, at the bathhouses. And then when you're like, I don't need any more, any more extremes here for, for I'm months. a voltaic cell. Like I just absorb all the heat <laughs> and that's my energy. I don't need to eat. <laughs> just hold it. Mm-hmm. But uh, as referenced, I was just back in my old home of New York City for the first time in several years. And I got to soak up the trends a little bit closer to the source than usual from here in Denver. And uh, one of the things that I noticed creeping up was uh, on the spring-summer horizon is bucket hats. I'm guessing both of you have seen this coming for quite some time. But uh, I feel like they've gone through this like low sine wave of popularity ebbing in and out every season, but never really peaking. And I think like now is the, the the season where they might finally like break through. Excellent read, excellent excellent bucket. Oh, that's nice. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I don't really know what breaking through means. I feel like we've already like hit the cycle where people are talking shit on bucket hats. Like we've like we've passed the acceptance of it. I I will say it's like it's always fun to monitor what's on like the five dollar hat tables by the subway stations. Mm-hmm. Um, and you definitely can find some solid uh, bucket blanks for those that are looking. Um, there's blanks, but they're good. They fit well. Low crown. That's what you're looking for. You don't want like the super tall crown. No, you don't want the sauna hat crown. No, but I mean, I think it's like one of those hats that unfortunately does serve a purpose. There it is. See, it's like it serves the like. Yeah, it serves a purpose. Like, especially if it's warm out, you can get it wet, put it around, gives you a little shade. You know, bucket David, hat's a good hat. That? <laughs> you don't want to be the bucket hat person. But it's put on what looks like a, a yarmulke, so a long yarmulke. Is that a baseball hat with no brim? Who makes those? There's a company that makes those. <laughs> I bought this at a Vietnamese market in Prague. That's a, that's a contradiction. I like it. Yeah, um, it's uh, made Picasso. by TH Caps. TH Caps, there you go, folks. Looking for a baseball hat, no brim. TH Caps does them well. Real trend but, report. But yeah, I mean, I think I think bucket hats are like one of those. It's like when uh, when baggies went nuts, people were like, oh my God, this is actually a very good short for the climate. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I think like you know ultimately like bucket hats. I don't know if they'll go like as nuts, but it is like it is a good summer hat. You mm-hmm. know, it gives you shade all around. Yeah, I think the makers have caught up with it because you know I went into Nepenthes bucket hats, CHCM bucket hats, Pilgrim Surf Supply bucket hats. All the skateboarders in Washington Square Park, best believe they're wearing bucket hats. You know, yeah, it's we live in the post like wide brim. Well, yeah, there. I mean, fedoras are out or whatever. Like the kind of version of that wide brim hat was is just like impossible to do in a way that isn't cartoony and strange or very milady of you. Um, <laughs> And um, so I feel like it's natural to like want to do some kind of like cotton twill version. I also I also love a like straw gardener's hat, you know, like the kind that lifeguards wear. I mm-hmm. can get into one of those. That's like, you the know, I wear those hat? Little, not the Panama hat, like the really wide one. You know what uh, I mean? Is that called the Panama hat? I was talking hat? scary movie three status where it just keeps growing. <laughs> um, no, you can pull that off, right? You can, yeah, you yeah. can pull that off. I know what you're talking about. Some definitional work here. What what is a bucket hat? That we have a wonderful article written by our very own James Smith about the history of bucket hats. Shout out James. Uh, which a bucket hat says James is a piece of headwear with a full downward sloping brim, typically made from cotton. The crown of a bucket hat can vary in structure and size, and often features functional ventilation holes. Many wearers like to fold the brim upwards to change the aesthetic of the bucket hat. And this is dictated by the rigidity of the brim, which can vary with different styles. Thank you for demonstrating, Reed. And uh, where did they originate? Oh, the bucket hat appeared in the 20th century uh, in Ireland at first as a functional piece of headwear for outdoorsmen. Originally constructed from durable wool or tweed cloth, Irish farmers and fishermen favored the bucket hat because of the high lanolin content of the wool, which made them water resistant. Basically a sauna hat. I haven't heard the word lanolin in, in 18 years. <laughs> You're going to hear it a few times again like here. sheep's wool. Uh, countrymen and ramblers soon embraced the bucket hat, then known by many as the Irish country hat, because in addition to its water-resistant properties, it was easy to wash and store in a jacket pocket. So this is a good thing for bucket hats. They're one of the few hats you can just like put through with a load of laundry, and it does not care. Mm-hmm. The... Practical and durable qualities of the bucket hat led the U.S. military to introduce them during World War II to shield troops' heads and eyes from the sun, preventing heat-related illnesses and glare while aiming firearms. Denim and Navy twill variants were issued to the U.S. Navy. Uh, Dubbed the Daisy May, these bucket hats featured a regular crown size with an extended brim for heightening functionality in monsoon season. Uh, So this is one of the few garments that made the leap from civilian to military and then back again, because I guess the Irish dudes came up with this and then the military was like oh it's a good idea and then they came back into popular use later on I mean that's my argument for bucket hats they're so they're so useful that everyone everyone wanted to use them and it's very cheap to make one like there's not really much forming or anything you have to do on a bucket hat but uh, they did outgrow the military that the bucket hat had a slight makeover in the 60s that the U.S. introduced the boonie hat during the Vietnam War, a favorite of yours, Albert. Yes, yes, yes. Which boonie is very similar to the bucket hat, with the main differences being a flatter crown, stiffer brim, and the inclusion of extra features, such as loops of fabric, a.k.a. branch loops, 
around the crown, which were designed to hold leaves and shrubbery that could serve as camouflage. Whoa, I didn't know that. I thought it was for like shotgun shells or something. Oh, it's to <laughs> accessorize your bucket hat, your boonie to make it your own. And you could put little like, uh, oh, I should put like flowers stuff. in it or something. You gotta decorate your boonie. Uh, by the mid-60s, bucket hats had been embraced by civilians and celebrities alike. Bob Denver's character in the mid-60s sitcom Gilligan's Island famously sported a khaki bucket hat throughout the series. An esteemed American journalist and author Hunter S. Thompson became known for regularly walk- rocking a white cotton bucket hat. Uh, finishing up here, 80s and 90s saw the bucket hat gain popularity through the cultural movements of hip-hop in the United States and raving in the UK. By this point, many sportswear labels produced bucket hats and famous rappers such as Sugar Hill Gang's Big Hank, LL Cool J, and Run DMC championed bucket hats by labels such as Adidas and Kangol. This urban connection resonated with the ever-growing rave scene in England, leading bucket hats to become almost synonymous with the rave drum and bass and the jungle movements. So, things James is all very familiar with over in the UK. But now... Here we are in the year of our Daisy May 2022 and the bucket hat is back again. And at least you two had them close at hand. I, I did not. I just have this Vietnamese by way of Prague hat. Um, but what bucket hat is for you? Just thinking back on this, I had a bucket hat when I was about 10 years old, a Kangle one that was light blue uh, with a reversible paisley pattern on the inside. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And also loved it because I could put it in a pocket and like take it to school and then have it on and off when it was raining or something and I wouldn't have to like bending the brim or not. My my first bucket I got some point like working on the floor just because I pulled it off a mannequin. And then I like it was like one of those things I forgot I had on my head for two and a half hours and I was like, ah, I think I need this now because uh, I enjoy it. But it was like a Universal Works one. Because they make great buckets. It's not a constricting hat whatsoever because it's not one that you like fit. I mean, they come in different sizes, but it just sort of like rests on the top of your head rather than hugging it. Yeah, it's like if you got if you got a lot of hair like I do right now, like long hair right now, they kind of hold like the hair actually holds it on. It's like a, mm-hmm. like a cramp sticks out, you know? Yeah, it goes in and then like grabs. Yeah, so it stays on the head well. Mm-hmm. Very well said. Albert, do you have a first bucket hat experience or is this the, did you go boonie from birth? Well, I, there's a picture of me as a child at a, at a Chicago Cubs game at Wrigley Field wearing a a Cubs bucket hat. And I probably had bucket hats at some point in my childhood, but I haven't in adulthood adopted them. I feel like, I guess I could try again, but I, I do like, I do like the stiffer brim of the boonie hat. I guess I also I got this because I was going to be camping in Joshua Tree and I can get heat stroke if I'm not careful. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to wear like a heavy. I have like a cowboy hat, which I knew would keep the sun off, but would also I know like overheat my head. Oh, you know, maybe now the science of that I misunderstood based on our earlier discussion. But yeah, I thought that. The, hat. Yeah, I mean, the boonie hat has like like not just like the little like knit holes, but like actual vents in it. And um, a broader, stiffer brim, as, as James said, and the kind of croaky aspect for that kind of funny outdoors thing. I guess I could return to it. I think a Daisy May would probably suit me if it weren't denim. I don't want a denim one. The rounded top um, is harder. Is it? Me. It's just like it's like it just looks. 
I don't know. Something about a bucket hat is just like, it's like one of those things that like, it's hard to take yourself seriously in a bucket hat. So don't, you know, like it's like, it's almost like they're not sweatpants. It's not like a Costanza situation. Although I guess that's like a completely moot point for the last like eight years. But like, it is just like one of those, like there's no formal situation where it makes sense wearing a bucket hat without Mm -hmm. like some totally irreverence or whatever. So it's just like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's like when you wear, yeah, it's like when you wear like shorts, it's like, I don't know, man, I'm in shorts. Like I should calm down. It's like, I'm in a bucket hat. I need to calm down. Yeah. Hence the Hunter Thompson outfit of like short, short, short shorts and uh, a bucket hat. Yeah. You know, it's just like hard to take yourself. You're not going into a boardroom. Like that's not, that's not board to bar attire right there. That's just straight up bar attire. It's like giving yourself permission to be, uh, to be that guy. To be that uncle. Feels great every once in a while. I mean, I, mean yeah. I am that uncle, I think, but like it does feel great, I'm sure, for other people just to, to embody it on occasion. If you want to do that, I cannot find the Kangle hat that uh, I had when I was 10, unfortunately. It's, uh, Kangle currently has 43 different styles of bucket hats on their website, including this denim mashup one that I found that is absolutely hideous. I feel like, yeah, Kangle is also having a moment, weirdly. I feel like I've been seeing it more around. I bet there was a lot of, I bet there was a lot of it, like, floating around the bins. And I think vintage stores probably were just like, well, 90s is popping. If I had to pick one or possibly two bucket hats that I would actually want, I think I would go with either Blue Maid's bucket hat and steel blue linen, which I have one of their six panel linen caps, and it is just, like, the perfect summer weight like ball cap that it's lightweight breathable dries quickly you can stuff it in a pocket um made by incredibly lovely people uh lily and alex of blue maid and new york city's garment district uh great hat and I, i've seen those in person i don't own one because i have the the cap and i'm more of a cap person than a bucket hat person but i think that the bucket could rise again in me um <laughs> the other Sounds one sinister yeah, that's bad. <laughs> Some sinister well, shit. We're going to the sinister bucket cap. If there is an evil version of a bucket hat, it is. I think it was the, the rise again. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. I think that was the issue. That one, the the rise again one, the rise against one, would be the capital old man in the sea bucket hat, which is just some top tier capital bullshit, which has like a million stitches all the way around. Like a Daisy May is like. I don't know, someone took too much Adderall at the factory that day, inexplicably has a buckle back on the top, which I don't That's understand. Really too much. It like doesn't make any sense because like I imagine that would like just make it fit worse, not better in any conceivable way. Like to, it wouldn't make it smaller if you like cinch the top of the hat. It would just like make it fit weirder. I have this I have this old Alberta Swan pole. I don't even know if he's making hats anymore, but like for back in the day that has all these buttons on it. Cause it's just made from like old chinos and it has all these buttons that do absolutely nothing on top. Kind of like this, like there is no expansion or contraction of the crown, but they're all functional. So that's good. Yeah, they're just there to fidget with. Yeah. Uh, if you want to like self stim on your hat, like this, this hat's for you. Self stim. Uh, see them. Yeah. 
I, I'd be down. I just, I don't know. I feel like with there's, it's just something I, it's, it's hard to hit the sweet spot on price. Like you'll see the boonie hat that I have, which is probably not the most, uh, ethical production. It costs 10 bucks. So it's really, uh, no, I'm sure it was good. $9.99. And uh, it's lasted me. Well, I mean, I, I've wore it all last summer. I'd wear it a lot. And I'd like work out in the park, you know, and it'd be like really sunny and hot. And I would just wear this and baggies and no shirt. And it's a great mm-hmm. vibe. Nice. Would like recommend. auditioning for MASH 2022. Oh, yeah. That's kind of my summer vibe often. Hawkeye. <laughs> the boonie. I can see the appeal. No, but I feel like when it's a when it's a new when it's a non camo print or not, you know, like I think in the olive drab, it's less overt. It seems more period, and it doesn't mm-hmm. like. I think like a cam- a camo pattern would be very sinister. I think in a boonie hat, and honestly, and then like a black would be like very like f- you know doomsday prepper, thin blue line kind of person. <laughs> I am gonna want to see some twigs. And leaves and other paraphernalia in your your bucket hat little like leaf holsters. I would like to see one fit pick of that if if at all possible. Yeah, I'll 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 roll up to some event soon full of <laughs> my hat full of mm-hmm. foliage. Thank you. I mean, you could keep your metal straw and your like reusable silverware and uh, mm-hmm. a, little, a vial of Margella fragrance. Travel, mm-hmm. be an urban tactical. Uh, yeah, some yeah. P- put some pens in there. Reed, you're on the uh, other end of the spectrum with me. Uh, I see. Yeah, I mean the one that I wear that I'm currently wearing uh, is a best made, but from like a sample sale that my sister got me forever ago. So I don't think it's available anywhere. It's got a cool little pocket. I don't even know if best made's doing their like production here anymore. I don't know, but this one's good. But uh, are they still a thing? I thought they were a uh, pandemic casualty. They might have been. I have no idea. They might have gotten sold. But either way, it's a good. It's a good one. Um, I enjoy it. I, I think, know they're still around. I think sort of like to me, what I'm looking for with a bucket hat is almost always just shape. Like I could really like the material is important as long as it's not like wool, right? But that's like kind of fucked up to buy a wool bucket hat in the summertime. Like don't do that. They could double duty as a Usana hat. I guess it could. But yeah, no, I. The Universal Works bucket hat is like fairly affordable and they're just so good. Like they're so, so good. Um, shape wise, fabric wise, they always do something fun. I think I put a Seersucker one on here. Oh, Seersucker would be a very good choice for a bucket hat. Yeah, you know, got a little bit of stretch too, I think, on this one. Quick drying. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's a good, uh, it's a good simple one, navy blue, which is strange and unusual for me. Um, and then I also put one from Ann Wander on there because their bucket hats are so fucking good and they have like all these tiny little details that you would never expect on a bucket hat, but that make them better. Like they got like a little cinch around the crown to keep it tight. If you want to wear it low, most of them, like, I think this one's pretty waterproof. It's like a high density poly cotton. So I'm assuming it's got at least going to give you some, some sort of protection in that regard. Um, and yeah, I love Ann Wander's like they always make stuff to be mad functional and uh their bucket hats are no different well 
You can put those uh, bucket hats on your bucket list. We've got the, the, the links in the description. But uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back to talk about some responsible spending habits uh, for those of you that are running out to buy your bucket hats at this very, very moment. We live in a fast-paced world. Sometimes you just need to slow down and stop. Heddles Plus, the new membership program of exclusive content, giveaways, discounts, and a community chat forum. Try a month free with the code EXTRABLOWOUT. Welcome back. And, you know, we're on the other side of tax season. Inflation is going up. Things are getting more expensive. And this is a time of year when very, very few people are probably feeling flush. Uh, except if you were one brand director, one very specific brand director in Orange County. As, uh... Refinery29 has this series called Money Diaries where it tracks when an individual spends in a given week, like every single thing that they, they like run the credit card for. And despite the past couple years of nonstop pandemic coverage, insurrection at the Capitol, global nuclear war, ever-worsening climate change, this is probably the most anxious I have ever been in after reading an article in recent memory. I don't know if you've had the chance to, to go through this thing, but uh, it really set off a lot of alarm bells in my head. This is a little bit of a different subject for us, but my personal perspective is 98% of clothing and probably all consumer goods, like 98% of those in general shouldn't exist. And I feel like this is a good window into the mindset of the consumer that keeps our economy humming along by just like consuming constantly, but not really buying anything of value, which is, uh, I don't know, the, the cautionary tale of what it is to be an American consumer. My back of the napkin says they're spending significantly more than they make. <laughs> oh, my, my like actual napkin that I did in the, the notes here, they, they are, they are spending okay. significantly more okay, than they I make. was like, I was like, I feel like I'm doing it right, but, uh, this is all in my head. All right. We, are we ready? Yeah. Okay, but first we got some some background on the context of this individual. We don't get a name, and I don't want a name, but they are a, a employer brand director, whatever that means. I do not understand that that title. In health tech, forty four years old, live in Orange County, California. Their salary is two twenty k. Husband's salary is one ten, so that's three hundred thirty thousand to, uh, total annual income. That puts them in the top five percent of earners in the United States. Uh, tax in California, this is stuff that like I, I looked up. Tax in California at that level is about 40%, or tax will take away about $130,000, leaving them with $200,000 to actually spend every year from 330 income. Net worth, they say, is $450,000. Their house value is $1.2 million minus debt. Net worth is entirely made up of equity in our primary residence. We own no other properties, have no savings, and no 401ks. My husband doesn't pay attention to our finances, which are entirely joint across checking and savings. I pay all the bills and handle all of our money and financial decisions. Debt is $750,000, which includes $10,000 in credit cards, $40,000 in auto loans, and $700K left on their mortgage. Uh, monthly expenses. Mortgage is $4,700 a month. 
Daughter's rent is eighteen hundred for her apartment at college. Auto loans eleven hundred. Cable and internet two fifty. Streaming services on top of that another hundred. Phones two hundred. Utilities a thousand. Which sort of like threw me for a loop of like they already talked about internet and cable and phones. A thousand dollars for just heat, gas, and electric uh, in Orange County is a little bit disconcerting to me. Costs unless a lot they have to heat like a pool. Costs a lot to eat a pool. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm imagining it's that, or they have like a jacuzzi running at like boiling. Uh, I own. A, I, I, I don't even own an apartment. Like I live in an apartment. Our my utility bills are like thirty two dollars. I have no idea how you got to a thousand. Same, same. Like the old place that I lived in was like two thousand square foot uninsulated warehouse, and to keep it at like sixty eight degrees in the winter was two hundred dollars a month, which was ridiculous. But. Continuing there, like $1,000 utilities a month. I'll give them that. Car insurance, $500. Homeowners Association, $285. College tuition, $1,500 a month for the daughter. Health insurance, $500 a month pre-tax. So I added all that up, and that is almost $12,000 out the door every month, leaving them less than $60,000 annual, uh, which is still, listener, more than I'm pulling in pre-tax. So like, even with all those fixed, they're, they're doing pretty well for just disposable income, even though you could call like streaming services disposable income or cars that too. But uh, a little bit more context. Do you or have you ever received passive or inherited income? Uh, answer, my husband received a substantial amount of money, $500,000 when his parent passed, and we invested only $40,000 into our home. The rest went to travel and cars and furniture, something we deeply regret. Which, $450,000 on cars and furniture and travel, like, I would like to see this living room, and uh, they're still in debt $40,000 on car loans. I, yeah. So they didn't buy, they didn't buy cars out in cash with that money. Apparently not. You know, this is the window that we're getting into it, but, yeah. Uh, they spent that on cars and travel and furniture, which, you know, as we talked about earlier, there's some hotels that are like $1,500 a night or something, but like, I would have to make a concerted effort to spend that much money on those three categories. I mean, I kind of love these folks. They're having so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not. What he, I was just scanning the, her, her, her day by day. She's intensely uh, stressed. But I, I do feel like cars are such a trap for people of a certain like income bracket you know like when there's a certain there's a certain like level where I th- i'm sure they feel like they have to keep up appearances and i'm sure they're buying fancy cars and it seems like above a certain threshold a car is just like it's a money pit like any fancy car just kind of eats itself alive and you have to like be servicing it constantly and like i don't know i just fancy cars are cool but i feel like just just rock the Subaru and, you know, and enjoy your spare cash. Oh, yeah, my 2000 Subaru Outback to register it is like $3 a year. Yeah, we're not a fancy, fancy car forward show, I think it's safe to say. But I no. do, I do honestly, like, I, I got bad money habit. I like, I think these folks are having a great time. The car thing is, the car thing is on, it's unrelatable, but you know, live and let live. Let's go. Okay, so ready to get into the day-by-day spending now that we have this context for their lives. Remember, it's 60000 is what they have to spend a year like uh, on top of all this. Oh, 
Day one, 8 a.m., I order a sesame bagel with sun-dried tomato cream cheese. Since working from home, I've gotten into the bad habit of ordering a single bagel to be delivered several times a week. The bagel itself is only $4.49, but after fees, tax, and tip, I pay $15.50 for a bagel and cream cheese. I realize that objectively this is ridiculous, but to me, an extra $10 is worth a bagel and cream cheese on demand in between work calls. 2 p.m. For the life of me, I can't find an organizer slash calendar slash notebook I like. After a conversation with a coworker, I'm influenced to buy a fancy one. This will be my fourth this year, and it's only February. The $75. The call's coming from inside the house on that one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the fourth one, and it's February. Uh, Maybe it's not the organizer. I mean, I don't know. My, my annual organizer budget, I buy 24 organizers per year. And spend a total of uh, three thousand dollars on 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 stationery to write in my my date books. I mean, I do appreciate the optimism that the organizer is going to be the thing. Like, it's like it's actually it's a formatting issue. It's not like it's not a structural or like you know it's like this is like it's like no. Once I get an organizer I like, then we'll yeah, solve this whole solve my problem. We'll solve this whole disorganization issue. But until then, seventy five dollars. Let's go every time. Eight p.m. TikTok strikes again. I find myself scrolling while watching Ozark and end up on hashtag clean talk. After I've watched five fridge organization videos, I immediately toggle over to Amazon and buy what I am sure to be life-changing plastic bins for my messy fridge. I can't wait to line up all my oranges. $88. Day two. I accompany my husband to the dentist for his long overdue root canal. He's nervous, so I keep telling him how brave he is in front of the dentist which is embarrassing for him, but entertaining to the dentist and his assistant. He's literally triple insured because I have overlap in my insurance uh, providers this month, yet our portion is still $880. We put it on our Amex cards because our checking account is overdrawn. Maybe from yesterday's bagel, $880. My husband can barely chew, but he is craving a tuna sandwich, which I, of course, can easily order for delivery. I order one for each of us in a small tomato soup as well, also cookies. $27. I mean, she, at least she found better value that time. I feel like the two, two tuna sandwiches and a small tomato soup for $27 is far better than a single bagel and cream cheese for 15 The she's marginal cost is definitely going down. Yeah, she's getting better at I this. I agree. Uh, at least get locks on that bad boy, you know? 8 p.m. Just started a new job and want to elevate my above-the-waist fashion game for Zoom calls with all my new colleagues. I ordered three very cute sweaters from and other stories, which will go perfectly with my pajama bottoms and slippers. $198. Which, three sweaters, that's not adding up for me. A sweater is $198. Three sweaters is, uh, I don't know what those are made out of, but I don't like it. Does seem to be a value play. Yeah. You can for, find some nice sweaters for less. For sixty-five dollars? I don't know. Probably. I mean, I, like I've gotten some hundred percent cashmere joints at J. Crew for forty dollars when you work them sale sale codes. I think they're probably not very high quality, David. No, I would assume I, you're right. You. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to get. I'm. I'm playing. I know you're the devil's, devil's advocate, advocate here. I'm not. I'm not even the. I don't think she's the devil. Is the thing. I think I'm just her <laughs> ad. I think I'm just like Lucy's just advocate, advocate or whatever the fuck her name is. You know. I don't know. All right. Day three. Look, to be clear, none of us think she's the devil. <laughs> no she's one's here. Also, to be clear, I'm not really supporting her. I'm just sort of. <laughs> I'm enjoying my role. 
she needs to get away from this seven eight p.m. Like I feel like she needs if she takes a nap from seven p.m. to nine p.m. She'll just avoid a whole a whole trap, but that's all I got. I mean, so by far. sleeping, you you can't buy things in your sleep. This no, exactly. Is, this is a thing that the Amazon hasn't figured out yet. And eight p.m. does seem like her problem hour. Yeah. <laughs> but day three, seven a.m. Uh, we just need to order from Panda Express online using a special code for my sister in law's uh, fundraiser at the elementary school tonight. I place order for delivery so I don't forget at seven a.m. We became vegetarians. This is not without its challenges. Veggie chow mein, veggie rice, spring rolls, and stir fry. Thirty-five dollars. What about the tuna? Now I'm, I'm, we're, she's losing me. They're vegetarian. Yes. Maybe they, they noticed the inconsistency. That. Your, your advocacy. I, I, I wondered if it would wane after this point. Man, just be consistent. You don't need to say you're vegetarian. Just be like, we've been trying to eat more veggies. Continue. One p.m. Finished a great book last night, Sometimes I Lie by Alice Feeney, so I immediately get on Amazon and order another of her books, his and hers. I've always gone broke buying books and I won't stop, $15. Okay, you're not going broke buying books. I think that's one thing that I, I will give you this one. No. But also it's like, there's a library, you know? And she bought two copies of one book? Uh, No, just one copy, but the book is called His and Hers. Oh, his and hers copies. This is, I see. This is somewhat reasonable. Mm-hmm. I like it. By at one p.m., she's like, "I've gone broke buying books, and I won't stop." And at seven p.m., she's like, "I need to get my shit together." Like, <laughs> at seven p.m., daughter texts me that she needs groceries. She's literally at the store, so I Venmo her two hundred dollars. I'm still overdrawn, so I know this is going to cost me two hundred and thirty-five dollars. What is wrong with me? I think as I send it to her, I need to get my shit two hundred together, two hundred dollars, but actually two thirty-five. Day four. Payday for both my husband and myself. I feel rich. My daughter was feeling down yesterday and lonely at college, especially since most of her classes are online, which means she's stuck in her apartment not meeting people. To cheer her up, I go on an online shopping spree at ASOS. I feel a little sick at how much I've spent as I check out, but I know she'll end up returning most of it. I also use a new email to sign up for their newsletter to save 15%, $618. At ASOS, $600? At ASOS, with 15% off. So this is actually like $800 worth of stuff. Yeah, that's a big spree, not a little. What would that be? Like, how many pieces would that be? I don't know. But also, like, who buys, who buys for their adult children, like, $800 worth of clothing? Yeah, no shit. She's gonna return it. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah. Also, as someone that has to process returns and the credit card processing fees of like returns are the scourge. Uh, ASOS probably has like a built-in thing. Like it just like yeah, they've had it. They've got the algorithm tuned. They're not like us, but still, ten percent off at shop.heddles.com code blowout. Gonna shoehorn that in everywhere. Yeah, buy 64 pieces at um at the Heddle shop. You probably it'll be more than this, but you know, it's better stuff. No. Or join Heddle's Plus, $10 a month for your fixed expense, then you get 20% <laughs> off. Um 1 p.m. I like my boss's new earrings. I find them on Bloomingdale's app and buy them. I'm not sure why I have a Bloomingdale's app. I constantly fill my cart but rarely check. $55. 6 p.m. It's Friday Eve, a.k.a. Thursday. I use that as an excuse not to cook and order from the Cheesecake Factory. Stuffed mushrooms, avocado egg rolls, and Greek salad, $65. All right, this one I'll give a, I'll give a pass on. Like, that's, this is where you break? 
This is where I break Cheesecake Factory, but uh, you got to eat that in person. I went to the Cheesecake Factory last night for the first time, which we can talk about later, but um, wow. my first time. Congratulations. Did you get the stuffed mushrooms? No, but I did get the egg roll sampler, which was strange. And probably 2,600 calories for like a tiny plate. Yeah. Well, no, I didn't eat it you all You don't myself. count calories at Cheesecake. They don't count when you walk through the door. That's the deal. I don't need to go through all of these, I guess, because we've got a, a few more days. But uh, day five, orders a ba- Friday bagel for delivery. Uh, also ask husband to bring me an iced latte, $21. Uh, ordering physical magazines. Oh, so cool. We can't enjoy physical magazines anymore. I subscribe to three magazines, $75. I threaten my husband to take me out to dinner, $220. I order groceries to be delivered, $160. Fill up my gas tank, $85. Instagram video with a uh, laundry hack to like uh, have bags to separate your socks, $15. Uh, order a glass of wine like for delivery, $65. Or uh, a, a bottles for delivery, excuse me, not a glass of wine. <laughs> That'd be crazy. I mean, bottles crazy, but ordering a glass would be really crazy. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, Total for this week, they add it all up, is $3,072.50. Which, if this is a typical week, you multiply that by 52, that is $160,000 annually just on on bullshit here. Um, Which is $100,000 more than they have to spend per week uh, based on the math that we did. Or, sorry, $100,000 more to spend annually per uh, that we calculated. So you're... Wild spending habits are really like that's that's a chord with David. Yeah, this is this the scourge of David's, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's a I problem got, for me. It's I a got problem for me. But. I I changed my opinion from their fun to they seem like wildly stressful. Um, yes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I feel like in this the American dream, like over overspend like fucking crazy and then panic once a week. Yeah, it's like this is the thing that I'm getting. I was like three hundred thirty thousand dollars, like for the vast majority of people, myself included. Like having that much to spend annually just seems like how could you ever run out of money? But this is how. Um, and none of this seems particularly memorable or enjoyable to them. The big expense was uh, the root canal, which like you can't really avoid if you're insured. Even that's eight hundred eighty dollars. So that's like maybe uh, like twenty five percent of what they're spending memorable and enjoyable yeah it it just feels like muscle memory of what they're doing of like and these are the habitudes that get us the average american purchasing 59 garments per year and throwing away 81 pounds of clothing uh there's no stats on how any individual garments get tossed per year but like you wonder of how many of those uh asos garments are actually going to be used like how how long are those earrings going to stick around are they actually going to be using those like laundry sock bags frequently? I mean, yeah, it's like it. I, I think about, I've been thinking about this a lot more in my, you know, I obviously don't have as much money to spend, but I do feel like the way that I kind of, that we kind of feel like we are alive and exist is by sort of s- throwing our money out into the universe and trying to like kind of, to, you know, to like prove that we, that we're out there. And, um, 
I think that, you know, it was really, it was a lot easier for me at least to save and not spend during the pandemic because there was, you had no expenses. But David, as we discussed on our, in our brief talk, like, I just feel like there's this way that like your expenses just snowball when life is sort of back online. It's like, I want to see a movie. Okay. I'm meeting my friends. That means I can't cook for myself. That means we have to meet somewhere to eat. Then, you know, we're using, it's just like you're using gas. And at a certain point, it's just like, you can't even think about it. And then I don't know. And then like, if you get to a certain like strata socially, and you feel like you need a certain kind of house with a certain kind of pool and a certain kind of car, then you're just like, just throwing away money, you know, hand over fist. Yeah, it's locked in here because like, you know, as you said, these people are earning 330 and the average median, like the the median household income in this country is $67,000 a year, which is about 20% of what this person makes in the 95th percentile of earners. And people are still consuming this much. Um, and I did some other back of the napkin math of like wealth inequality is so out of whack that if like all of the wealth, you know, you have uh, redistributive um, Maoist style communism where you just like took all of the money and distributed it to everybody evenly. Every like person and child would receive $343,000 which would be enough to like DoorDash a single bagel for every day for everybody. But like, is this the direction that we would trend to if we had uh, some wealth redistributive justice in this country and like uh, things were not as horribly unequal as they are right now? Is like that the dream just to be able to DoorDash a bagel and buy 20 date books a year? I was just thinking like, I, I ob- I'm not an economist. I don't really understand inflation. But I know that once everybody was getting like unemployment and the bonus and everybody was like spending, you know, consumers were take like all kinds of people were, you know, student debt was paused, you know, loan payments were paused. Everybody was participating in the economy and then inflation went crazy. It's like our economy isn't designed for all people to get to like enjoy it equally. Mm. Um, And it likes short circuits when like people that we trust will be sort of subjugated by the system are able to actually spend and enjoy the fruits of capitalism so that's not really i just that's just an added uh injustice not really anything you didn't mention well very hard because yeah like if it was equally distributed you wouldn't have that kind of consumption necessarily would be possible i'm not sure Mm -hmm. reed what is the advocate's point of view Oh, I got nothing for that. Like, I mean, it's just like they spend entirely. Like, I, I don't know. I get weirded out sometimes about like about other folks spending habits only because it's just like the amount of times I do dumb shit and regret it. Like, it's like with my money where it's just like, you know, it's like just sort of like out of like laziness or convenience or like a lot of times just sort of like a weird work schedule. It's like, well, fuck me. Like, how did I spend $70 today? Like, I mean, there's very few times when I'm spending like. I mean, they like acts, they stumbled and spent $4,000 in a week, which is like wild to me. That's, that's too much money probably. But also it's like, I do also, I kind of believe like, I guess the advocate, it's like most people spend what they have. Like some of like the richest people or like quite the highest earners are just as in debt as anyone else. Right. Like, it's like, that's not necessarily bulletproof. And it's like, I think like just because you have a talent for making money doesn't necessarily mean you have like the, the skill set to keep your money. Um, I mean, to your point, Albert, like, 
Yeah, I mean, it is really fascinating, right? Like every economist warned that that was sort of going to be the upshot of all this stuff. And or not every economist, but quite a few did. And kind of got shit for it. And it's like, well, there it is, as far as the inflation thing is concerned. But um, I do think that, like, it is, from my perspective, like, it's, I hate when people hoard their money. Like, I hate collecting money. Like, I think that's, like, an absolutely mm-hmm. insane thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, on a personal level, like, I think, like, personal belief, I think, like, rich people are fucking, like, money hobbyists. And it's, mm-hmm. like, that's, like, you know, it's, like, they don't like to see that themselves have less money the same way that, like, someone who collects sneakers likes to consistently be growing or expanding their collection. Um, and so, like, it's hard for me to Thanks vilify. for putting it in terms I can understand, really. There you go. <laughs> But like, right? No, it's like, or like someone like you or myself, Albert, who has a thing with pants where it's just like, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. part of me loves pants and part of me is just like, I need all the pants. Like, I want to see more pants in my (laughs) closet. I need like 42 (laughs) options of navy blue. But Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do have a hard time, like, especially because I'm always like, well, if people just put their money back into the fucking economy, maybe like people could get paid more and this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, this person is clearly putting their money back into the economy. Like, so Mm -hmm. I guess like in that sense, I think it's good, right? Like, I think that's like the argument always for like on our side, which is just that like, you know, Elon Musk is allegedly worth $200 billion and has very little of that actually working around in the economy, such an infinitesimally small percent, you know? And it's like, well, what the fuck is the value of someone having that much money and never spending it? Like job create, like all that stuff's bullshit, really. Like, you know, it's like, they just, it's just sitting in asset somewhere but it's like these folks are clear like they don't have really assets they're just sort of spending their cash which i guess is like the advocate position but it seems stressful as shit and incredibly wasteful also like mm-hmm. i mean it's i think it's harder to vilify the food purchases like the delivery sucks but it's like if you want nice food like that's probably less wasteful than buying a garment right that you don't need mm-hmm. i don't yeah, you're know actually gonna put it to its uh intended purpose and consume it wholly yeah it'll I- end up ideally, in the toilet but yeah but it's also like, or but like they have all this money. They're ordering Panda Express. They're ordering Cheesecake Factory. Like they're they're ordering on ASOS. Like they're not. It's like they're not very like educated consumer. Like I mean, you can want. There's no harm in wanting stuff from a big store. But it's like you know you have all this money. You're circling it in the economy, and you're but you're not like really supporting like it seems like businesses in your neighborhood or like. It doesn't seem like they're very it's educated funneling in the upwards, way they're... The, yeah. uh, the money that they are spending. Yeah. that I mean, that, that, there's like there's very little. I can't figure out an advocacy position on the fly for that one. Um, like, that's that's a hard one. But at the same time, I guess, like, it's just like... You know, I think as we've found out here, and I think unfortunately many of our favorite stores have found out in the past five or six years, like, the, the country's willingness to buy too many fucking clothes has had very little effect on the quality of clothes in which they want to purchase. Like it's a number. It's all, it's like, it's consistently remained a quantity game, not a quality game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's probably like across the board with sort of our consumption. Habit. Like, I don't know how to address that, David. Like, I think that's like something else entirely like, but yeah, I mean, as far as someone like, you know, sort of overspending, it's like at least that money, I guess, is going back. And it sounds so strong. Like it sounds like if they're overdrafted like four days out of the week 
and are still like on hammer time at restaurants and like what it's like that sounds like a, not a great way to live like yeah but it also is probably more relatable than being able to spend you know $619 on a single ASOS trip you know they're a walking contradiction uh, that's the contradiction that I see inherent in this and the thing that I don't really know how to solve of you know, wealth inequality is horrible and like people need more money but like how do you give them more money without fueling consumerism like this which is like you know I, I would love a world where everyone had this kind of spending power like the average person like didn't have to worry as much but like how do you not get them to into a point where they are overdrafted regardless of how much money they have which just fuels more consumption and the ocean level rising uh and waste i mean yeah it's like there's no like accounting classes in in high schools you know and i think that like that's probably like what we're seeing here you know it's by design right yeah and it's like i think that like i mean it's interesting because i think that like over the pandemic i saw so many people like my my peers and myself who struggled paycheck to paycheck having so much more freedom with the unemployment and the bonus and it felt like a lot of people sort of well it was the pandemic but i feel like a lot of people kind of organically saved um because that was it was just i think like if you start if you start earning just a shit ton more than you've ever made it's not like you're spending like your spending won't immediately increase because you're gonna kind of i think live at sort of the pace that you are used to living um but yeah i think it's like these people are also kind of victims of the scheme you know and that like they clearly don't have any money management knowledge and they do have the resources to like hire and employ someone or you know to consult with someone who could like keep them from being in the red all the time uh but they're not thinking that way it doesn't seem like they're investing their money or saving it i'm sure there's no 401ks i think they mentioned right no probably no roth iras shit like that Mm -hmm. so i don't i it's just i yeah Yeah. these people are clearly not jewish is all i can say (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you said yeah. it and i mean they're not they're not one of us i no not one of us i don't yeah it's it's weird because i also just like i think it's fucked up to tell people how to spend their money like personally also like i think that it's mm-hmm. like like i like i love to make like i literally make i'm paid to make recommendations that's not something i should be like get the heebie-jeebies about but like i do a little bit in the sense where it's like when it becomes like sort of like ideological in the sense where it's like i don't believe in fast fashion um but i also contribute even tangentially to like an economy right like like theoretically like we all want to look good and some people decide that the best way to do that is fast fashion like we want to look good in clothes or we want to wear clothes well and it's like you know it's it's really hard to like i don't want I don't want fast fashion companies to make that shit. I it's like, it's like once again, like putting it on the consumer, I always feel weird about like, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I, I I feel like they're the victims here. Like you said that like, this is the ideal American consumer to like credit card companies and to like, uh, large corporations. This is who they want all of these like people earning this much money to be. Yeah, I mean, and it's not their fault that they became that necessarily. And, and like, I also feel slightly hypocritical in the sense where it's like, I, I've, I wear save khaki tees fucking all the time because I worked at a place that gave me 60% off save khaki 
for four years. And so I just amassed a ton of shirts that retailed for like $45 at 60% off that, which was just like over time, like I have a whole bunch of them. But also like fronting, like I paid full retail for those things and valued them the way that I like am hoping other people will is also kind of like bullshit. Like, you know, it's like the Orslo jeans that I have, like I probably paid like 124 new when I got them, you know, like that's, that's a far different price tag than what, what I would theoretically be asking someone else to do. And I think like within, it's just, it's a really hard thing for me to wrap my head around because I feel like within our world, like we do figure out ways to get into stuff at discounted rates, but then also desperately need folks to buy those things full price, uh, sort of regardless of income status. It's like, if you want it, you should be able to, you should buy it full price. And it's like, yeah, but I don't know if I would have. And no, it is. It's just like, it's a, it's kind of, it's a, it's a strange thing for me to wrap my head around. Like I get why if your daughter is feeling lonely and she likes clothing and you have theoretically the cash to float it, and ASOS has a great return structure. And it's like, if she gets two things out of this and makes her happy, I'll order 15. And I understand sort of like the psychology, I guess, or the motivation behind it. Like, again, I don't believe in it. And I don't think that ASOS should like make it that easy, but it's, it, it does seem like it. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's fulfilling something that I don't quite, that I, I don't quite understand, but I also do understand, I guess, like the feeling and stuff behind it in that way. Yeah. I mean, I really, that really resonates Reed. that like how much of my stuff I've at now, especially I re- it's stuff that like either I got at self edge, you know, or when I worked there for a deal or it's like stuff I've been sent now, it's like, I didn't buy at all. Or it's like stuff that like, you know, people with a certain amount of know-how like us can find deals uh, in a variety of ways that like the average consumer doesn't. And you would hope that somebody like this, who theoretically is, you know, in, like someone like this that's kind of a reckless spender and has the money should be like you know sustaining like these stores we like buying stuff full price but they're not going to because they're not they're not thinking that way yeah but it's also asking someone who is clearly tantalized by convenience like all of us are to do like inconvenient shit right like asos they have a great ux like just straight up i don't go on it i'm sure they've got a great ux though like mm-hmm. yeah the, the the system is designed to create these people to create this kind of consumer and i don't mm-hmm. know how to untangle it i guess is the yeah right like the the ba- the market for the like i always talk about the baconator but it's like wendy's didn't create the baconator and then all of a sudden like people were like oh my god this is it. like they created the baconator because they were like i think this is gonna hit and then it hit mm-hmm. like like pork prices have fallen <laughs> like, but like how do we capitalize on this or just like or just being like i think that if we put eight pieces of bacon on a burger people would be really into this because people are kind of in eight pieces of bacon on a burger territory in their lives right now you know like i think that like it's like oh, when didn't create the conditions that like sort of spawned the baconator they just they just sort of filled they filled the they filled the fucking order and like that's where it's just like yeah like i mean i don't like th- these folks, I kind of like, it's just like, yeah, like, I mean, ASOS is creating the conditions, right? And, and H&M are creating the conditions. So it's slightly different, but it's just like these, th- this problem wasn't created, like, you know, because of like a lack of good small stores. Speaking of good small stores, Albert, what have we got at the Heddle Shop this week? Um, at long, long last, we have a restock of Hydron Blue Le Laborer, uh work pants which are already going very fast 
Um, we got um, a few sizes or just a few of one size of Hydrum Blue uh, chore coats from the Laborer. And we got a new material. We have a beige uh, linen um, that will be great for summer. Um, we have a, re a big restock coming in and some new styles, some new new old stock styles uh just cool cool stuff and um yeah a more responsible way to use your money than than asos for sure shop responsibly but we're also part of the problem somewhat it's difficult we're all addicted to this there is no ethical consumption in capitalism right david mm-hmm we can't you say that. That's our entire our entire model is built upon the fact that there is more. At, there's a spectrum, though. I'm not saying there's not a spectrum. Yeah, there's, some things are more harmful than other things. Absolutely. It doesn't mean just like throw up your hands and say like, oh, it's all the same. Yeah, but I mean, um, you don't need to go like flop around in the pig shit of shine or whatever, Sheen. If you want to share your purchases and spending habits, uh, read what is our email address? Blowout at heddles.com. Yeah, send us your uh, your spending diaries. We'll rip them apart. Yeah, and well, some of us will rip them apart. Some of us will advocate for you, depending on the the context. You always got me. <laughs> yeah, well, if your if your spending habit comes in at like uh, sixty eight dollars a week, I'm gonna be there for you. I'm be asking why not? Why why no fun? <laughs> why no fun? Why not have fun? <laughs> <laughs> well, have fun this week, and we will talk to you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>